The intro. Doo, 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 doo. BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things fitness, running, rucking, endurance, obstacle course racing, and more. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody out there in BeastNet land. Today you got Boggs. I'm talking with Lisa and Lindley way up in the far reaches of the tip of Washington State. Uh, how you doing, Lisa? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? And I'm I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I've been uh, working every single day of this pandemic, and uh, and well, you know, found out today I get to start wearing masks uh, even when I'm not at work. So it's going to be a fun time. How's everything going up there oh, in uh, beautiful beautiful swim where it never rains? <laughs> That's a joke. Um, <laughs> I'm doing really good. Like you, I've been working through this pandemic, um, and. So overjoyed about having to wear a mask when I'm not at work. <laughs> yeah, timing on that was beautiful. We were supposed to record. And I'm like, hold on, I got to listen to this governor speak for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's great out here. I can't complain. Um, working away because we're essential. At least I am. So trying to keep yeah. the teenager occupied. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I I kind of micro. I don't know if you follow micro at all, but. Uh, but he gave a, a dissertation on how all jobs are essential and labeling one essential over another is actually, uh, you know, uh, I don't remember how he put it, but it's a very bad thing because all of these jobs are essential. And then when we come out of the pandemic, we're going to have essentially a ton of people unemployed because all those jobs just went away. Exactly. Yep. And I have to agree with him on that. Everybody's essential. There's a, there's a reason why we have so many different industries and trades and everything else. So you know, everybody produces and contributes to the economy and your towns and everything else in a different way. So that is true. Hey, last month uh, we did that ultra virus race and we had a recap episode, but we didn't invite you on. And I kind of felt like a jerk after the fact because, you know, Mike <laughs> and I were talking about it and, and, you know, we just had me and Mike and, and Charity and, and Ryan on. And, and real, reality was there was a total of about, what, 10 of our friends that came and went during that time. And uh, you and Dee Dee drove all the way down from Squim, a nice two-hour drive just to, to come and uh, put in some laps with us. How, how was that experience yeah, for you? Um, it was actually really um, great. It's the first time I've really gotten out and been pretty active um, since all of this started. So um, I really enjoyed it. I was surprisingly not too sore the next day because I haven't done 10 miles in all time. Um, but it was great. Uh, my daughter was less than thrilled because I really didn't give her a warning as to what we were doing. And so she didn't have any dry clothes. <laughs> um, but it was great. I loved it. I loved being able to see everybody and get hugs from everybody. Um, I think it was great. I didn't stick around for the um, exercises and stuff afterward, but it was a great experience. I, you know, even though I live all the way out on the peninsula, driving two hours three hours or whatever to get to where everybody's at isn't that big of a deal. I have to drive anyways to get anywhere. So I just definitely didn't mind the drive and it's, I like driving. So <laughs> it's not a big you know, deal, but the, go ahead. I was going to say that I make that drive. Like I was telling you before the show, I make that drive all the time. It's just a beautiful drive anyways. You know, it's out across the hood canal bridge and up and over the, a couple of small passes and everything. It's just a beautiful drive out there anyways. So it's not like you're yeah. you're driving hours of, of interstate where all you're doing is looking at cornfields or anything. Right. Yeah. It's it is a beautiful drive. And um I as much as sometimes I get annoyed living out here, it's funny that as soon as I get to the Hook Canal Bridge and cross it, I feel like I've come home. It's just how the peninsula is. It's the whole peninsula is just home. So um but yeah, it was great. That ultra virus. I wish I had been able to get there earlier and done more with you guys. Um, and I really do need to build up my endurance to do how many miles you guys did. Cause that's insane at the moment to me, but um, it was great to be able to sit there and cheer, you know, Mike on and Christine, um, you know, I saw them struggle a little bit and just being able to be fresh and be like, hey, you got this. And, you know, it felt like almost like a actual race day, you know, when you're there with the festival and everything else. So, yeah, it's funny. You called us. 
you called us crazy that we did 31 miles and you know that july 18th uh we've got 40 miles on the board and i was doing the math i told mike realistically we should be able to push 50 in the same time frame with our newfound speed yeah um that's my goal i really would like to do a longer race with you guys um july's a little difficult but um you know we still have a few more months of the summer and everything and i would love to get out there and do that amount of miles um just you know it's building up that endurance and it just makes us stronger for whenever we're ready to go back to actual racing on race courses you know with the mud and the obstacles and everything else so it just helps us improve which is what hopefully we're doing <laughs> you know if you're if you're sitting still you're not getting better as long as you're out there trying you're always getting better so yeah. That's what I've always looked at it. Uh, you know, it's funny. My uh, calendar popped up and reminded me that this weekend I'm supposed to be building a uh, race course somewhere. And unfortunately, that got canceled. That would have been for run amok by pennies for quarters. We were supposed to build it this weekend um, because next weekend's 4th of July. And the following weekend would have been the actual race. And um, having that race postponed until next year was such a huge bummer for me. Um, one, I love the charity that we're doing it for, Pennies for Quarters, building small homes for homeless veterans. Um, but it's also, it be, it'll be my first race as a race director. And um, I was really looking forward to that. So I have something awesome to look forward to next year. Yeah, I think between now and then, uh, you know, we'll be able to get out and, and meet some more race directors and, and get some more ideas. I was actually talking with Jesse last weekend. Uh, he came out. I don't know if you saw the pictures of a, a random Jesse spotting, but uh, but I he's did. he's uh, he's open to the idea of helping out. I think so. I'll, I'll keep pressuring him and uh, and see if I can get him to commit the time to come out that way. He uh, randomly just shows uh, up all over the state. So I've noticed that. I've I've been watching his adventures from the pictures he's taking. I'm like, where are you going to be at this time? <laughs> so out of the ultravirus weekend. Uh, Right after that, uh, Mike and I reached out to you with a rather exciting question. Uh, you remember what that was? I do. You guys asked me if I'd be um, if I wanted to be a permanent co-host on BeastNet podcast, and I of course said yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on the show quite a few times over the years, and it just kind of made sense. It was time to to bring you on as as a part of the show and uh, maybe get away from all the testosterone going on with all of us guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, and I have. I've done the show a few times, and I've enjoyed it. It's great. And I'm looking forward to, to um, getting more out there with the race community and um just interviewing people that are incredibly interesting and hearing their stories. And, uh, you know, I've noticed with the podcast, it's not just, you know, all fitness. You guys support so many different things like mental health and overall fitness. And I think that's just absolutely amazing. And I can't wait to put my contribution into that. Yeah. Races are just part of the, uh, the puzzle. Um, you know, especially when COVID hit and all of a sudden there were no more races, you know, Mike and I sat down and went, well, what the heck are we going to talk about? We have a podcast about obstacle course racing and there's no races. And we're like, well, there's training at home. There's all of these virtuals. There's all this other stuff going on. Let's, let's just expand outward and keep the show, you know, relevant. And, and it's always been changing. If you go back I started listening back from the beginning again, back to episode one, and you go from episode one to now 215, and the show's just evolved so much over the years, and it's had a few different people come and go as hosts, and, and uh, you know, adding you to the team, I think, is just going to bring another fresh perspective to the, to the show. I completely agree, and I do remember some of the earlier episodes, too, and it has evolved and changed a whole lot, and um yeah, it is. It is more than just racing at you know the actual events, and it's the virtual races. It's you know training at home, um, and there's so many benefits for it. Um, I know, like for me, not having the actual races where I can get out and see everybody. At first, it was very isolating and 
difficult because I'm so far out here. I'm one of the only people I know from my, my, my family that is out here. So even like when we did, you did the virtual race a few weeks ago, that was so awesome for me to be able to get off the peninsula and see people and get hugs from my family. It, I've, that's what I miss is that human interaction. So uh, that was like one of the best things that's happened in the last couple of months was being able to do that. And I'm looking forward to giving another perspective to the podcast and to the people that we interview. So I think this is going to be great. Yeah, I've always found that every different host asks different questions of every race director, every um, racer, every... Uh, actually, we've had comedians on the show a couple of times now. I mean, we've we've had just a little bit of everything. And it's, you know, it's because of the fact that each of the now six hosts, because we have six permanent hosts, two from Canada and four from the U.S., including you. And uh, even though you're only across the water from Canada, we'll still count you. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we've uh, we've always every single one of the hosts has a different perspective to bring to it. So that's uh, you know that goes back to the original concept when when Mike sat down and and kind of mapped this out. The whole idea was to have the Beast Network, which was a bunch of you know obstacle course racers, uh, people that run the Spartan Ultra Beasts or the Spartan Beast races, you know, and and yeah. And that it was supposed to be multiple hosts, and then it just never panned out to that until actually about episode 100, when when Mike uh, sat me down after we did the the tunnel marathon, and we sat down and talked about what the show was supposed to be, and and he just basically said, "Here you go, Don. Here's the keys. It's your show now. Figure it out." And so <laughs> from the, Mike and I talk about this all the time. He's the idea guy. I'm the guy that actually makes things happen. So for him to actually go 100 episodes without somebody making things happen, you know, that was real tough for him. He's not, not one for, for sticking to one idea like that. He likes to bounce from idea to idea and uh, bringing me yeah. in. My, my background is all management and program development and, and stuff like that. So to bring me in, brought in just a completely new, fresh idea. And, and that's where he told me he wanted it to be a network. So we pulled aside some other people and we got it to where we have more than one host because that was the thing that was killing it. And and Mike kind of knew it is you could only hear the story about Mike battling Hawaii so many times or battling Montana. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he was really feeling like he had told that story so many times. I mean, the story is, is awesome because after so many years, he finally got his Hawaii trifecta weekend. And he finally defeated that monster yes. this last year. Yes. But that was around um, episode 195. So. <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome to see the evolution and growth that everybody I've come across, you know, like Mike and, you know, uh, even Virginia and Jody and Audra and so many others. It's been quite a journey. I've been doing this for six years, racing and this is the first year that haven't actually done a race. Um, but the journeys that everybody goes on are so awe-inspiring and motivating. Um, you know, we everybody overcomes so much. And I think that's one of the great things about obstacle course racing. You know, even like the rucking that Virginia does, regular road races. Um, for a lot of people, I think that helps them not only survive, but grow and recover from whatever they're going through in their life at that time. And I think that's why I love this sport so much is it's not just a physical thing. It's a mental at the same time. It totally is. And we talk about it, uh, especially on the endurance side, um, you know, it's embrace the suck, you know, it, it's going to suck <laughs> and, and you have to overcome it and you, in the end, find that you enjoy it. Um, last weekend yeah. we were out. We were out with Andrea Britton, and and I can't remember exactly what she said, but she said to me, you know, you know, you just always like to do these things that are way past my limits. I said no, I enjoy pushing you past your limits and showing you how far you can actually go. And and it kind of made her think yeah. for a minute. And that's the whole point of it is is we all have to get outside our shell and push harder than we have ever pushed before. Yes, 
And I think that's something I need to remember for myself and get back into. Um, like I said, this last, this last few months have been difficult without, without having that stuck, you know, oh, this weekend I'm going here, this weekend I'm going here, and I get to do this. Um, that's been very difficult and isolating. But when I came out to that virtual event a few weeks ago, that was like a catalyst to kind of start getting me back on track. And you're right. It's pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and realizing that whatever limitations that you've put on yourself, you can get past those limitations. You know, growth doesn't happen when you're comfortable. It happens when you are utterly uncomfortable and out of your element. That is true. Um, A lot of times you see Joe from Spartan talking about that. Uh, I don't know if you watch his his podcasts or his Facebook videos or anything. He's just always talking about getting outside of your comfort zone. If you're comfortable doing something, then then you need to push to do something that you're uncomfortable with because then you'll grow. Yes. And I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think I've gotten too comfortable with where I'm at and um, even doing this podcast. This is completely out of my comfort zone. I'm 100% new to this, but I'm willing, I, I want to, I want to expand. And I think the same needs to go for um, my physical health and everything else too, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, that BeastNet just became a Battle Miles affiliate and uh, started posting about that this last week, but uh, we're going to start doing some some meetups for the virtual Battle Miles events. Um, they have a whole slew of different races. I ordered the entire race kit for their current race series, which I think was 11, 11 different virtual races that I ordered up. And once wow. I've got once I've got it, uh, I'm going to start putting it up on Facebook with invites and and you know grab you and Dee and come down and do you know some crazy ruck and burpee mixed uh, event with us. I will be happy to do that. Well, everything but the burpees, because I still like burpees after all these years. <laughs> you know, if you don't like something, do more of it until you're really good at it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's the one exercise that, you know, even we have to do so many with Spartan races and everything. I still am not a fan of. I'll do them begrudgingly, but I, I don't like them, but I'll do them. Well, you know, with the change to the Atlas Ball last year, you could actually do an entire Spartan race without doing a burpee as long as you uh, complete every single obstacle now. Because the Atlas carry, they yeah. took out the five burpees. Yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> and I, kind of, I wasn't, you know, I honestly didn't know what I thought about that because those five burpees when, you know, you did the Atlas Ball, it, that didn't bother me. It was doing burpees after all the other ones that I failed. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is and true. Feel- when you when you do a race and you do three four hundred burpees, because um, I know that's some of my races, especially on on the beasts, and I've I've definitely had my three hundred burpee races. <laughs> yes, I um, and there you know there's there's a couple obstacles that I'm hoping after this year and having a year off from actually doing the obstacles themselves. I'm hoping. I hate that thing. Um, you know, so this is just, it's a year of growth, I guess is the best way to put it. It's a year of finding out and experiencing like, you know, the virtual miles, like uh, the battle miles and everything else. Like it's a way to stay active and grow, even though it's not what we're used to. Yeah. And you've got, uh, you've got that discovery trail up there, which is just a beautiful waterfront former, uh, railroad that you can go and do a lot of these type of events on i actually was looking at uh at planning a camping trip for everybody up to swim bay so that we can go and then use that trail and do some some stuff there and then maybe go up and see the b-17 uh bomber that crashed up there oh that'd be awesome um yeah being out of swim bay park there the trail's right there and um uh, the trail's right there and it goes really far like you know it goes all the way through Port Angeles. They're trying to expand it out to Lake Crescent and past that. And then Tubalcane, um, I have not, I've never been up there. And I would love to go up there and experience um, seeing the bomber and everything. I've heard about it for years. So if you plan that out, I will 100% be there. Well, seeing how it's in your backyard, you better be. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> 
and also like I have a pretty big backfield. If anybody wants to camp in our backfield and stuff too, we can do that. Um, but that would be awesome. I would love to do that. There's a couple other um, hikes that I'd love to do with other people. Um, Storm King out by Lake Crescent is one of my favorite hikes. Um, it's about maybe two miles up a switchback, but the view at the top is utterly amazing. You can see if it's a clear, it's a clear day, you can see all the way to Canada. Two miles in, two miles out, that might be short enough to actually get uh, Amber just to convince her maybe it's a 5K and she'll actually come up and do it with us. That's her uh, Amber, Mike's wife. That's like her, her thing. She'll do a 5K with us any day of the week, but anything more than that's too much. We just tell her it's a, a hair over a 5K and then she'll do the Storm King. Um, yeah, I don't know if she'd want to do Storm King because it's literally like two miles straight up, switch back. You don't tell her that part. <laughs> she would know in the first like 20 feet of going up. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, that I look forward to you guys coming out here and experiencing the trails and stuff. Yeah, originally um, uh, I was going to sign up for the Run the Peninsula series because um, there are some real cool ones with uh, Elwa Bridge and, and some other ones out there. And I was like, man, it looks like a great series. And it's got the five different uh, medals that all interlock into one awesome grand medal. And then, of course, the whole year got canceled. Yeah, um, they still, I think they're doing virtual races for that, but um, I don't, that's one race series that I have to say is it's worth being here for the actual race and not the virtual because they go through some absolutely amazing parts of the peninsula and um, yeah, you can do it on your own, but having people there to experience it with you is totally worth it. Um, there's another race series up here that is great. It's the Oat and Goat Run, which is the Oat Runs, I think, at 10K um, through the Adventure Trail that's up, um, kind of passes up through um, between Port Angeles and Lake Crescent. But it's like it's an unpaved trail. It's amazing. And the Goat Run is the marathon that they do that goes through the Adventure Trail from Port Angeles to uh, Lake Crescent. That sounds pretty cool. I think I saw Ryan Hedinger posting about that uh, last year. That's where I was getting a lot of the ideas for these peninsula runs is he kept posting about them. Yeah, they're they're great. I did the oat run um, one year and the when they planned them, sometimes they kind of, they were um, on the same weekends as like some of the Spartan races and other races. And as much as I love trail running, I enjoy off the course racing a little bit more, so I haven't been able to get to them. Uh, but hopefully next year things won't be so, um, I guess, intercombined with other races. It's going to be a real interesting year um, seeing what comes back from from the uh, the pandemic. Um, I've seen a handful of race series kind of throw in the towels and other ones that are already starting to, to come out with their events for later this year. Um, spoke last week with Julie Wolf. She's got uh, three races that she does down in Georgia and Tennessee, and, and they've just postponed them all for a couple of months. But the first one's coming up uh, next month, I think. Finally, she'll have her that's, first race. That's awesome. And I'm hoping that most of the racing companies can stay up and going because you know, there's so many of us who are not pro athletes that love the races, love, you know, the sport and what it does. And I know this year it's really hard for everybody, but if they can just hang on till next year when people can get out, I think they're going to see, they're going to see a good increase because people want to race. They want to be there. They want to experience the camaraderie and the, um, the festivals and being around people that are like, you know, enjoy the same thing as you. So we just got to get through this year, which I hope a lot of them can. Yeah. We've got uh, one month out until our first obstacle slash endurance event uh, locally is, is planned to happen. The, the ghost event down in uh, Randall, Washington, I think is where that one's at. And uh, that one's supposed yeah. to be July 25th. Um, and then Kulcha just posted some updates on the uh, 
the Sagittarius series, Three Elements, uh, and Summit to Swamp Weekend. Um, looks like that one's going to be a go for August 22nd, 23rd. So we're starting to see races coming back. Um, Spartan yeah. sent out a, an email last week asking if there's any interest in uh, putting Washougal back on the calendar, even though they had previously canceled it. Um, so hopefully yeah, enough people I, emailed Joe and said, let's do this. Yeah. I think for Washougal, they were giving an option of just a trail trail race. And I'm okay with that. Like if I can get down there and do just a trail race for Washougal, I will be one of the happiest people on the face of this planet. Washougal is, um, it's my homecoming race. It's the anniversary race of when I really got into obstacle course racing. So fingers crossed that they do that. Yeah, regardless, I'll be down there. Um, I've got my camping reserved down at the Cascade Locks KOA for that whole week. And uh, so hopefully hopefully the races happen, or at least um, they never actually sent me a cancellation on the hurricane heat. So I'm guessing that's still going, and I'm still signed up for that. But, uh, but yeah, if they add the trail race back, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I would be so excited for that. I have yet to do a hurricane heat um, or any... I haven't done an endurance event like Ghost. I think I'm supposed to go to Ghost. I probably should check into that. Um, <laughs> so that's on my that's on my list of things that I want to accomplish and do. Um, I was bummed that they canceled they canceled the the CSU 24 for up here. That was such a fun event, and I'm hoping I can make it to next year. With you know, it doesn't conflict with run amok but sisu is amazing that was a great event and hopefully here in the next year or two i can do a, i'll have the confidence to do a hurricane heat um and i want to i want to buckle up and get a spartan ultra beast under my belt and get that belt buckle so october 2021 going to dallas with us huh oh heck yeah i'm going to dallas <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm told that that's that's the one if you're going to do your first that's where you need to do it because it's a relatively flat course it's just 31 miles and 60 obstacles yes and you know it really is a relatively flat course i think some of their hills are really comparable to like washougal and maybe a couple in seattle because seattle the seattle races have huge mountains or hills but um when i was there in 2018 for the beast uh it was like, that is one of my favorite courses, I have to say. It's in a beautiful place. There's a lot of meaning behind uh, it being in Glen Rose. And I loved that race and that venue. And Texas, kind of amazing. I liked it. Um, but <laughs> I really look forward to doing that race in 2021. And hell yeah, I'm doing the Ultra Beast. So. That sounds that, like you're going to have to come out cool. and do some of these long distance courses with Mike and I, um, you know, in July, you're, you're preoccupied yes, that weekend, but, uh, I'll be listing another marathon plus for, uh, August and another one for September. The plan is if we don't hit the 50 miler on July 18th, and if tunnel marathons doesn't come back by September, that I'm going to plan a 50 miler that weekend that was supposed to be the the uh tunnel marathon so well i will definitely be there in august and september uh, the july one just kind of conflicts with uh some stuff going on with audra so um we gotta kind of do the pre-celebration for her wedding <laughs> and uh i definitely will be there for august and september i look forward to pushing myself i've never done that many miles and it's time to say that i have and say this Saturday we're doing another half marathon, um, which is nice. Just doing those every other week kind of is what Mike and I have been averaging on those every other weekend to do a, a 10 to 15 mile just to, to get some good distance. I will have to start figuring out how to join you for those. So, um, yeah, I, I like pushing myself to get more of those miles in. And, you know, it, if it helps prepare me for doing an ultra beast, then, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Needs to happen. Yeah, that was the the plan. Was Mike and I want to get our our marathon down under six hours so that we can do the ultra beast distance, the thirty one miles. Um, you know, in in less than less than ten hours, and then add in all the obstacles. So 
And, and honestly, yeah. when we did when we did the the race at his house uh, where we did 31 miles, I think it was nine hours and 38 minutes of actual uh, movement time. We had some some break time in there. I think there was five or six 10 minute breaks, so we ended up at 10 hours. But but uh, time wise, we're not, pretty much on track. That's perfect. That's what needs to happen is being on track like that. Um, we'll yeah, just have Titan, to drag Virginia that, down there with us to keep us on track. Right. Oh my gosh. I love, that's where Virginia and I really um, got close and connected was when uh, she did that ultra beast in Dallas. Cause uh, Jody and I were with her and she is utterly amazing on how she pushes and she gets through. And, you know, even when people have those weak moments, she still digs really deep and finds that motivation to get out of the negative mindset of wanting to give up. And that to me is so incredible and amazing. Yeah. That's uh, the more that I've been able to work with her out here. It's been a lot more fun because, because she just has such a great focus on it, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, I did the, I only did the beast when I was in Dallas and that beast, even though it was easy, like, well, <laughs> easy for a beast, I should say. Um, it was very difficult for me mentally. I was only two weeks outside of a really bad car wreck. And so there were a lot of obstacles that I physically couldn't do. But the ones that I was able to do, it, it pushed me and it was difficult. But I was so glad I went down there and still pushed through the physical and the mental aspects of getting through a race because it got me it helped me heal a little bit from the trauma of the car wreck yeah the the experience of getting out there and and camaraderie and pushing yourself does that yes yes it does and when you know the dallas race is usually um an honor series race and to be down there and seeing um Operation Valor, Operation Enduring Warrior, and seeing them out there and seeing those vets who have physical limitations push through and get through that race is one of the most humbling and amazing things to see and experience. Hopefully, we'll start to see that on the races up here in the Northwest here pretty soon. Mike and I have been working with more hearts than scars and eventually possibly this November we'll get to go down and uh, work with our first adaptive athlete in, in Las Vegas, hopefully, and uh, continue to, to start expanding that up here. That is absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad that we are, you know, you guys started the work with more hearts than scars. Um, That's incredible. And it's, it's good knowing that we are reaching out to bring that up here to the Northwest um, and the West Coast. It's something that I think needs to be needs to be done. We we have some pockets of, of Ainsley's Angels, and uh, there's actually some Team Valor work that happens up here with uh, with uh, triathlons and other stuff like that 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 uh, Brian Kays does. So I mean, there is some of that up here already, um, but we just want to start working with with uh, some specific athletes so we can we can get working with Spartan and actually get more of them out on the Spartan courses up here. That's awesome. That is really awesome. I know. I'm just always hitting you with new info when we talk, huh? <laughs> you are hitting me with new info. But I like, um, I think it's great getting all the new info. And now that, you know, I'm a part of BeastNet and um, – I'm looking forward to working a little bit more behind the scenes and helping out and volunteering and growing with the podcast and the whole crew. It's amazing what you guys are wanting to do and the people and so what I'm looking for organizations that you work with and want to help promote. It's something I'm proud to say I'm a part of. And, you know, when, when Mike and I, because again, Mike's an idea guy, and he's like, "Hey, we need to have a Facebook group about surviving the pandemic and surviving the day, and you know, a safe place to get away from all the crap on Facebook." And he's like, "Hey, why don't you get Lisa and Jody to do that?" So I did <laughs> get yeah. you guys involved. And, you know, cause... I really—it's a great group. I love it. Um, I'm trying to post more on there more often, and I know 
Jody is too. It's um, it's definitely something that I look forward to. I, I'm trying to get people more involved with it. It's it's so true. Surviving the pandemic, surviving you know, surviving life. I guess is the best way to put it too. There's so much going on, um, and I think we all need that safe place where we can say, "Hey, this is what's going on." I need some support. And there's a lot of people on there that are just like, hey, we got your back. And I love that we have a good supportive group that keeps the um, more heated topics out of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Well, it is. Because right now, you know, everybody on Facebook, you post anything and you're against something. It doesn't matter what you post or against something. And, and people yeah. come out of the woodwork to attack you. And, and that's where, you know, you and, and Jody and, and Amanda are the gatekeepers to make sure that inside of that area, there's none of that attacking. There's none of that, no politi- political anything. It's just, hey, I'm here. I need some help. Or, hey, I'm here yeah. and it's a sunny day. Exactly. And I think that's why I started posting like Monday, like Motivation Monday. And, you know, I'm trying to do days where it's like, what are you grateful for? You know, yes, we're all grateful for our families and our health, but what else are you grateful for? What is the thing that you're giving thanks to today? It could be the fact that you had a hot cup of coffee first thing in the morning or that you made it to your meeting on time. You know, it's, it's, there's so many other little things that we can find to be grateful for. And if you start finding that, that gratitude, it's so interesting to see how your mentality starts to change in having some gratitude and focusing on other things than the struggles that you're going through. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, again, not to go back and talk about good old Joe DeSina, but he posted up last week uh, a pretty good thing about uh, your bank of 86,200. That you have that many seconds in a day and, and you can never get them back. That's the bank that's constantly emptying each day. And you need to use those seconds and, and don't let other people waste them or take away from you. You know, it's it's your time. You need to enjoy it and, and do what you want. Yes, totally. I agree with that. You know, I know for a lot of people, you know, if they are suffering or they are dealing with a mental illness or a new physical uh, handicap or something that's holding them back physically, having a safe place to go and say, hey, I'm struggling today. I need some help. I think that's why that survivor group is so amazing because I've seen some posts like that, you know, hey, I'm struggling with my depression today or I'm struggling with my PTSD, you know, causing me some issues. And when people post that, it's so amazing to see all the support they're getting, like, hey, do you private message me if you need to talk or I'm here for you or, you know, that's, that's so incredible to have and to see. And I'm hoping that we can get it to grow some more so people start feeling safer and safer and know that that group is for you to have a sounding board and a place to say, hey, this is what's going on. Or, hey, today was an absolutely amazing day because the sun was shining. Yeah, exactly. There's so many people right now that are are needing that positivity. And, and it, you're right. It is just that simple thing. It's a sunny day out. It's warm. Now, unfortunately, yeah. other pla- other places of Facebook, you put out there that it's a sunny day out and people attack you because it's cold where they're at. And it's like, come on, folks. <laughs> exactly. Like, nobody's going to see eye to eye perfectly with everybody. And I, you know, it's like you said, there's so much negativity and, you know, the, oh, well, you said this, but it's really this. And it's all that negative back and forth. And I don't feel like that's helping the situation and the world. It's like, okay, we need to have a place to come together and be like, hey, this is a positive thing. And there's no back and forth of like, oh, well, it was this way or, oh, well, it was this way. I think that's the drawdown to all of the social media is everybody gets so much on their soapbox. They forget that there's, there's always two to three sides to what's going on and you have to keep an open mind to get through it. And um, one of the things I started doing with when this pandemic started is you know, I've reached out to friends and been like, hey, are you doing okay? Is there anything I can do? Do you just need somebody to talk to? I'm here. 
I feel like that's one of those ways where I can help, you know, lead some more positive influence in people's lives and make sure that they're doing okay. I have a daily check going on with Jody and I've checked in on Mike a few times and a few others. And I'm hoping that that's just one little thing that helps keep them moving in a positive direction because I see a lot of people struggling with, you know, like you said, just surviving. I know there's days where getting out of bed is really hard and having people who are there for you and willing to just listen is a major thing. And that's one of the things I love about the survivors group is people have a place to say, Hey, I need some support today. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's again, why it was created and, and, you know, having, having you, you and Jody and Amanda lead it. It's just been amazing because you guys are just constantly posting. If you need help, talk to me, you know, and that's um, Amanda. And I also do the the Silver Spartans, um, which is a, a group of people who, you know, we're, we're sober. We can't drink. We have an, an allergy. As soon, yeah. as, we, as soon as we touch the alcohol, we can't put it down. It's amazing how that works. But uh, there's actually, you you find more and more that there's more and more sober Spartans out there. A lot of us uh, replaced one addiction with another. So instead of, you know, alcohol or drugs, it's exercise and obstacles. So that's a wonderful upgrade for us. And, and uh, you know, the fact that we can coexist with people that go out drinking all the time or whatever, that's just something that we can do. Some of us can't, some of us can. And, you know, that's yeah. kind of where I, I was talking with Amanda and, you know, about her her starting the sober Spartans and stuff is like, well, what about the people who do drink? You know, because they, you know, survivors are, they are what they are. I mean, some of them drink, some don't. Some of them have addictions issues, some don't. Some of them just have issues getting out of bed, like you said. And and that's where, yeah. you know, that just needed to be an open-ended place. It wasn't a, a niche. It's just, here we are, come say hi. Yeah. I recently have been re-diagnosed from severe depression to finding out that I have PTSD from trauma. And having that group really helps because there's days where my anxiety and my head just gets so in my way and I can go to that group and say, hey, it's okay. Um, I've talked to Jody a lot about it and she understands what I'm going through. And, you know, I think that's the thing, like with, with the obstacle course racing, that is my safe place. That is my place where I can get out of my head or even if I just need to think things through, I feel so much better mentally after a race due to the fact I've pushed myself physically and mentally. And it's like, Hey, the stuff I've been through isn't as bad. I'm actually doing a lot better than I thought. And, um, I am forever grateful for obstacle course racing, finding that and finding my family. I have met some of the most amazing people through obstacle course racing and they've become my family. They're the people that I know if I'm struggling or if I'm doing utterly amazing, I can message them. I can call them and say, hey, this is what's going on. I'm so excited or hey, I really need help. And they're there. It's not a question or anything like that. They're just, they're there. And wow, it's incredible. It's amazing how your, your race family sometimes is more there than your real family. Um, so that, that's just an observation that I've had in, in my racing in the last few years since starting. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a very legit observation. Um, my family, outside of my mom and my daughter, we are not very close. And um I found a family. Um, my family is the one that I've made and I've created. And it's mostly due to obstacle course racing. Uh, that's where how Audra and I met. And now the two of us are, you know, we're race buddies. We're best friends. We're family. It's, um, it's the best thing ever. I've met somebody who has my back quite literally. And, oh, my gosh, we have, we have a lot of fun and shenanigans. And it's amazing. And then I've met like you and Mike and Jody and Brandon. I think my list can go on, you know, the people that I've met and I consider family and forever grateful because, you know, like you said, some people trade addiction for addiction with racing. Some people just, it's their safe place to not have to 
fear or worry about anything other than starting line, finish line, and all of the stuff that happens in between. It's it's a happy place. Yeah, exactly. And uh, God, it's just, sorry, just think about the fact of how many events that didn't happen this year where we could have just got together and everyone had that happy place. And now it's, it's time just to, yeah. most of the counties are in phase two or phase three in this in this state and uh you know aside from the last minute hey we're four or five months in let's go ahead and throw some masks on mandatory but aside from that you know i think it's <laughs> it's time to just go ahead and and start you know even if there's not a race like you said having those virtuals where we come together and and we do that kind of stuff you know um we we need our family back we do um when i got to that virtual race a couple of weeks ago i was so i guess Starved is the best way of human connection. Like, yes, I have my family, but there's a human connection that you get with your friends and your family that is hard to replace. And when Mike hugged me, I almost started bawling my eyes out because I got a hug from my family and somebody who I absolutely love and adore and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's my race family. And when Virginia saw me and almost tackled me when she came running up to me, those hugs from my, my family, just uh, my heart was bursting with joy and happiness and that peace that finally came over me that I haven't felt in months. The last time I saw everybody was September, this last, September of 19 at the last Spartan race of the year. Yeah, the fact that the the pandemic took away all physical and social interaction with other humans really just kind of upped the ante on on the need to do something again. Yes. And, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you guys got started on the virtual stuff. And, you know, for me, it's like even if it's, you know, I'm not really participating in the virtual side to get whatever swag they send us. I'm happy to just show up and be active with my family. And that is, to me, that's worth more than any medal, any t-shirt, any kind of swag, you know, we could get. It's just that human interaction with the people I know love and support me. Exactly. And, you know, even for me, I don't, you know, Mike and I do those uh, rock and roll virtual races every weekend. And, you know, they're anywhere from, you know, a 5K to a, a 21K race. And, you know, Mike buys a lot of the medals and stuff. He's just an absolute metal whore, has to have them. Um, but for me, I'm just <laughs> I'm just going out there just to do them. I'm not doing the races to get the medals. Um, ordering the battle yeah. miles, ordering the battle miles kit today. You know, that's, uh, that's the first, aside, the, the only virtuals I've paid for this summer actually were the ultravirus and the battle miles now. Um, cause Spartan, yeah. that was a, a free registration. So, um, I did pay for, for my medal and shirt, which was like 30 bucks. But, you know, the fact that I completed an ultra, I want that shirt. Um, but right. yeah, I, I don't blame you on that, but I totally get it. I mean, I go out there just to, just to get that interaction, you know, most weekends it's sometimes it's just Mike and I, or like left this last weekend, we had, uh, you know, Brian Kays and Jesse and. Um, Andrea and Amber and Mike. I mean, there's a whole bunch of us out there. And and other times, it's literally just Mike and I. And there's been times where it's just been me. Yeah. But, you know, you being two hours away, um, we got to plan those a little bit differently so that maybe you can be included. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will definitely come out and be part of and included. Um, I can keep my... Well, I don't know how to mean to say, like, keep my schedule open. My schedule is pretty open, <laughs> except for just couple weekends in July and the first weekend of August. <laughs> now, hopefully the first weekend in August happens. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> I have a very determined friend. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Washougal. Audra's, that's Audra's weekend. So, um, you know, that's kind of an important thing. Just a little uh, bit. Nah, Washougal's more important. If I tell Audra that, I might get my ass kicked. Just saying. <laughs> You might get taken out of the wedding, huh? <laughs> yeah, I might be. I, I might be taken out. Period. <laughs> yeah, definitely not someone to piss off. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Yeah, um, I 
we're kind of at the point where I think we're rambling. <laughs> yes. No, it's been great talking to you. I'm super excited to be um, a co-host and a part of BeastNet, and I can't wait to see where we take this the podcast and you know everything else that BeastNet does. It's exciting to be completely a part of BeastNet. Yeah, the the BeastNet is going to be a lot more than just uh, just the podcast. We've been working on a whole bunch of other things, you know. Last year, doing some of the on-site stuff with uh, Runamuck and just getting out uh, and doing volunteer events with uh, uh, Tunnel Marathons. We're actually, if Tunnel Marathons was running this year, we actually had aid station number one assigned to BeastNet for the entire year um, for all of their events. Um, we were sponsoring it. So, you know, as soon as things get back up and running, that's that's the kind of stuff that you're a part of now. I'm so excited and I will be there with you guys the whole way through because this is just it's exciting all right any uh words of wisdom for the team i'm sure you're gonna get out there and and have them every week going forward yeah you know i think the only thing i can say um is keep keep moving keep moving forward and even if you have a little setback setbacks are okay and we we got this. We'll move forward and we'll get through this crazy year together. And we're just going to be a stronger. Um, we'll be stronger for it individually and as a team and family. We're going to come through this twice as strong as then we are right now. That's perfect. Uh, or to quote Jesse, I think it is. It always says it just keeps women. Yes, just keeps women. That's exactly it. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet Podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.